and welcome to this week's Raw podcast with me, Richard Muneer, and I'm joined by Mark Donnelly and James Copley, fresh from Sunderland's semi-final Papa John's Trophy win over Lincoln City uh, Stadium. Penalties just after Lee Johnson's uh, again actually spoken to the media, um, he's doing his press conference already ahead of the weekend trip to Burton, uh, in a good mood as I'm sure you'd uh, expect after the semi-final win last night. So Sunderland back to Wembley, third time in the last couple of years. Couple of EFL Trophy finals and obviously the playoff final, but we won't speak about that. Um, so yeah, let's just get straight into it then. Um, Mark, you were at the game last night. James, you were watching it remotely, um, holding our hosting our watch party with uh, the whole of Wearside or a fair chunk of it certainly watching on as well. Um, that went really well, and it's good to see. And uh, in the end, we had a bit of penalty drama as well. But I'll uh, I'll start with you, Mark. What did you make of of the game first of all, and in the victory, and what it might mean for Sunderland moving forward? It was a really interesting game because there was some real kind of ebbs and flows to it in that Sunderland had a couple of really good spells and a couple of spells where they were very much on the back foot. You know, the first half, Sunderland, first 20 minutes or so were, were on top. Then Lincoln really got a foothold in it and started to play some good football. And I actually thought Lincoln were, were a very, very good team. You can see why they're doing as well as they are in League One because they're playing some, some very good football. Uh, they're quick on the counter. They've got some really dynamic players. Um, and yeah, they were, they were quite dangerous. Second half, obviously, Lincoln came out very strongly, took the lead. Um, but from then on out, I think Sunderland responded really well. And I think that was the big thing from last night, uh, was that we've seen a lot of these games before. And, you know, we were talking in the press box before how we felt that Sunderland maybe needed to score the first 10, 15 minutes to, to settle themselves and preferably did what they did, uh, you know, repeat what they did at the weekend and get a couple early on. Because we've seen in games this season, the longer it's gone on and when they've fallen behind that, they struggle a little bit to, to get back back into these games, to pull themselves out of it. And I think the response to going behind last night was as good as we've probably seen this season in terms of the way the Sunderland then began to press. I think the changes Lee Johnson made helped things. I think he got his substitutions right. He made really positive substitutions at good moments in the game. The side responded to that, drove forward. You know, they had a couple of really good chances before the, the equaliser eventually came. Charlie White was, was twice denied by some good saves. And, and yeah, I think they, they were fully deserving of the draw because of that response. And then obviously when, when it goes to penalties, um, you just had to look at that Sunderland team sheet and you were looking at there was seven or eight of them, you'd probably have back to take a penalty. So, you know, I think everyone was always fairly confident when it, it went to that. But yeah, an evening that was was full of some real positives. Uh, obviously some areas they'll be keen to work on. I think the left side still looked a little bit shaky defensively, but a, a real evening of positives for Sunderland. James, um, as I say, you were hosting our watch party last night. First time we've done that and it was uh, it was good um it was a really good watch and uh, yeah first half i suppose the first it was a bit of a drag wasn't it but uh, it was made up for it in the end with the drama of the penalty shoot what um i know you had quite a draining shift but uh, <laughs> what um, what did you make of the the win the penalty and the way kind of Sunderland forced the way back into the game yeah it was as you say it was a, a bit of a drag for sort of the first 60 minutes and sort of anchor in a, a two hour show was starting to um start to take its toll a little bit but then the game burst into life um and it was it was very nice actually to to watch football with other people because I haven't really been able to do that much at all. So even virtually, it was quite nice to um, just to chat with people about the game because usually you're typing away on Twitter. But it was nice to have that sort of face to face interaction and comments from Sunderland fans coming in. And it was a weird one because leading up to the game, I wasn't really too bothered about it. And then you start to think, oh, hang on, we can get to Wembley here and it creeps up on you. And then you're sort of midway through the first half thinking, this is dire. But as soon as they score, you're sort of bothered again and you're like, oh, 
so we're not we're not going to do it. And then we managed to get the equaliser. Typical Sunderland up that takes you know takes going behind for us to to be jolted into life. But I think credit has got to go to Lee Johnson for his attacking subs as well. He brought Maguire, O'Brien, and Diamond on. I thought Diamond especially really provided a spark. Um, Maguire looked really really up for it, and O'Brien contributed as well. I think the only negative is the um, the Bailey Wright injury. I know he's fifty fifty for for the game on Saturday, but yeah, it was. Um, a bit of an emotional roller coaster in the end with the penalties and, and whatnot. And when that moment does come and, and Grant Ledbert scores, I was absolutely delighted. It's it's the most I've felt about a football match um for a while, I think. Obviously the Doncaster game was really pleasing, but in terms of a bit a bit of pride and a bit of happiness and um a bit of joy, I think that's right up there with any of the games since the COVID um since the COVID pandemic hit. And it's a real shame as well that there was no fans in the ground because that would have been a really good atmosphere with, with the penalties and getting the equaliser. And for Grant Ledbetter to, uh, to score the goal as well, um, score the penalty after everything he's been through and coming back to the club and his, his personal issues and having to take some time out. Um, that was really poetic. And I think that's something Sullen fans would have enjoyed. And I really enjoyed Grant's interview on the Unfiltered podcast with Frankie and Danny Collins and... Um, his, his honesty and his openness about still seeking help now, um, you know, for his for mental mental health issues after the death of his mother and and whatnot, and I thought that was extremely brave. So it was uh, really really good to see, really nice to see Grant Lebert score that penalty. And yeah, you touched on um, Lee Johnson's kind of subs, and it's very proactive, isn't he? And obviously, that was a big criticism of Parkinson in terms of of that side of things. Uh, Lee Johnson seems a bit of a different beast on that. Always a bit more in the front foot mark and um, more attack minded and changing the way some sort of the game as well. Every dividends again, and obviously McGeady and White combining nicely again. Yeah, it was an interesting one at the end of the game because I don't think anyone was fully sure what shape some of them were actually playing because there was that many attacking players on the pitch. It was just very much gung ho, but that's what you want to see in these games. You want to see Sunderland go and hell for leather, particularly in a cup game where essentially you have nothing to lose. If you're 1-0 down at that point, you may as well lose 3 or 4-0 because there's absolutely no point in not going for it. And that's just what fans want to see. They want to see that bit of intent. They want to see Sunderland playing on the front foot. And and they did that. And, you know, Lee Johnson alluded to it in his press conference today that, you know, I think the exact phrase he used was they've got an embarrassment of riches up front at the moment. And they have. They've got some really good attacking players. And, and him trying to find a place for all of them is going to be really difficult. You know, you look at someone like Jack Diamond, who's not really done anything wrong, but just because of the form of other people, is finding it really difficult to get a game at the moment. Um, yeah, McGeady and Wyke, as you mentioned there, just that relationship is just flourishing at the moment, isn't it? You know, Charlie White's getting into those areas and we know Aidan McGeady can put those balls in. And that's, that's nine assists, I think, now since he's come back into the team, which is a, a ridiculous number, really. And obviously, Charlie White's averaging a goal a, goal a game. Uh, 22 games, 22 goals, superb. I've, I've, as everyone knows, long been a, a fierce defender of Charlie White, and I'm glad to see he's, he's finally kind of hitting the hitting the goal trail and doing what he needs to do. It's uh, it's a remarkable goal scoring record, isn't it? That he's uh, that he's got this season and the last uh, 10 games or so. Is there something like I forget how many goals it is, plus an assist as well, isn't it? He's uh, he's an incredible form, and uh, we haven't even touched on the Doncaster game at the weekend and, and that. Game had a little bit of everything, didn't it? But we will uh, we'll concentrate on on Wembley for now. So um, yeah, Sunderland beat Lincoln City last night in the semi final, and they will now face Tramia Rovers at Wembley. Sadly, um, it'll well, 
more than likely isn't going to be behind closed doors. I don't think there's much, if any, chance that any fans will be allowed inside. Um, although we'll see what Boris Johnson says Monday onwards in terms of easing lockdown measures. But I think uh, I think we can plan without any fans for now. So that'll be a big, big shame. Um, but we'll face Tramia Rovers, and um, I know there are favourites with the bookies now, Sunderland. But uh, yeah, James, what's your take on what's your take on uh, on the final and playing Tramia? Yeah, I think it's just a, a big shame fans won't be allowed in. Um, but massive opportunity for Sunderland, who haven't won at Wembley since 1973, for them to to break that hoodoo. Obviously, I think there's been seven games at Wembley since then. I think eight, maybe, if you included that full Members' Cup in the 80s, which was only half a game or something like that. Um, also, the, the Wembley centenary game. But anyway, in competitive fixes, I think it's seven. So it would be nice to break that Wembley hoodoo. Um I don't think by any means Tranmere or Rovers are a, a pushover. I think although Sunderland have had decent results against them in the past, anything can happen in a final. We've seen that against Portsmouth and, and Charlton in recent times. Um, and obviously the, the narrative for them, if he stays fit until a final, will be James Vaughan playing up front, which is a, as a Sunderland fan is a, is a narrative that feels almost sort of inevitable that he'll play a part in some way, knowing... The club, as I do, and no one sort of typical Sunderlandness, if that makes sense. I think um, that's a narrative that will be played on before, during, and after the game, possibly. Yeah, it's probably typical, isn't it? You can probably bank on Sunderland actually winning this trophy, and sadly there'll be no fans there to, to see them. Yeah. But, but just, despite that, I was going to say, you know, even last night with no fans obviously inside the ground, it felt like uh, it still felt like a real buzz around the game. Um, I don't know if that's because I was watching our watch party and it was good to see you, you guys interacting. Um, you know, with the fans and things and that kind of interaction. But yeah, there seemed like a bit of a... And just today as well, there seems like it's certainly a bit of an uplift in the mood and hopefully some brighter days are ahead. Yeah, definitely. I think, obviously, I don't know if we'll touch on the, the takeover too much today, probably concentrate on the game, but with Louis Dreyfus being in the um, in the ground and the reports coming out recently about him wanting to get his brother involved and him wanting to live in the northeast, and he seems to be taking a real interest. It doesn't seem... Like it's going to be the sort of brand of ownership that we saw under Ellis Short, who was also a foreign billionaire coming in, um, who never moved to Sunderland and obviously appointed the likes of Margaret Byrne and Martin Bain to sort of run the day-to-day run. And it appears from what we're what we're seeing that Louis Dreyfus is going to be extremely hands-on, and it's a it's a real sliding doors moment for Sunderland at the moment because they're, you know, on the cusp of sort of fresh enthusiastic ownership. Um, but we're just all waiting for it to be rubber stamped. But it, it seems pretty far along. But that'll be obviously the, the the next big news. But it just seems to be seems to be rolling on a little bit in in true Sunderland fashion. Yeah, certainly a lot of positive signs of including um, the breaking news actually this afternoon that the um, the FPP loan has been repaid. Um, confirmation from Company's House that the loan from FPP Sunderland to the club has has been repaid. Which was um, oh, what was it about nine, just over nine million, close to ten million pounds. Um, and obviously, part of the charge was that against you know the stadium light and the academy light and all those things. So, excellent news that that's that debt's now been settled. Um, that charge has been satisfied, and another sign that things are moving along very nicely. Mark ahead of the hopefully imminent confirmation that Kira Louis Dreyfus will take charge as the majority shareholder at Sunderland. He's obviously been the last three games. Suggesting that he's actually been at a couple of home games before that as well, but was keeping a low profile. But he's, his profile has certainly been high in the last week or so. Wade Shrewsbury making his first public appearance and then the Doncaster game. Uh, he went pitch side, didn't he? Popped out of the tunnel for a little bit before watching the game from um, just underneath the, 
concourse where, where the press sits. And then again, he was there last night as well. So very, very prominent. Um, obviously keen to crack on and, and, you know, implement his vision and things at the club and stuff. Uh, another sign of afternoon, Mark, that that's progressing nicely and will hopefully be confirmed very soon. Yeah, that's a it's a big sign today, that loan being repaid. I think that things are really, really moving forward and, and positively because that essentially is is almost wiping the slate clean, making sure that the club's in a in a saleable position. You know, the club now, in terms of money's owed to, to external parties at the moment, that that's them sorted in terms of that nine, ten million pound, which is good. It's a clean slate, it's it's just tidying things up. So when the new ownership comes in, they're not having to deal with that. So it's a really, really good sign. And as you say, the fact he's been around now. The last three games as a minimum is a, a really, really good sign. And, you know, hopefully, I think everyone hopes it gets to a point where him being at the games isn't particularly newsworthy because suddenly they need an owner who's there. They need an owner who's present. They've not had that in a long time because, you know, even Stuart Donald was, was never particularly at every game and was never based in the North East. So they need someone who's going to do that, which Louis Dreyfus is going to do. They need someone on the ground, which he certainly seems keen to, to get stuck in. And, yeah, I think it's a really exciting time. I, what you were saying before, it does feel there's been a real shift in the mood in the last couple of weeks and things are really starting to look forward. We're seeing that football Lee Johnson wants coming out a little bit more. We're still not maybe seeing it as consistently as, as we would like because, you know, that performance last night was not short and cheese to Donk Aston, but a very different kind of performance. But they're starting to get results even when they're not playing the free-flowing football. You know, Wembley's on the horizon, a change in ownership on the horizon and you just hope now... This club, these fans have had far too many false dawns and you just hope this now is is that start of that change. And I don't think anyone's, don't think anyone's thinking, thinking it's going to happen overnight, but hopefully this is just that start of that, that kind of gradual, slow return uh, where this club needs to be. Yeah, it's a hugely significant moment though, isn't it? That's FPP loan being settled and um, that, the date on that was the 18th, which is obviously today. So you wouldn't do that if a change in ownership wasn't... Um, potentially already confirmed, I suppose, or agreed. Do you know what I mean? And we're just waiting for kind of EFL and club confirmation on that. Um, EFL don't comment on those kind of things. It's, I guess it's up to the club to confirm that. But another sure sign anyway that um, things are edging every era and uh, hopefully it's now just a matter of confirmation and we can all move on with our Sunderland lives and hope for a brighter future. Uh, Lord knows we could all do that after the last few years. So, um, yeah, no, excellent stuff. Good stuff. Um, just a final word then, guys. Um, Obviously, promotion this season is, is the number one priority, but it'd be nice, wouldn't it, James, to win a bit of silverware? And um, would you back Sunderland to do that? Um, I'll never back Sunderland for anything anymore. I don't think <laughs> that's that's just the, the the pain I've been through over the years. But it would be nice to sort of kill that demon that was born out of the the checker trade, as it was game against Portsmouth. That seemed to be where Sunderland's season really started to derail under Jack Ross, and obviously the promotion. Um, promotion campaign that fell short after being in such a good position so it would be really nice to um, to sort of lance that boil maybe and and give fans something to shout about obviously they won't be, able, won't be there to shout about it but perhaps that's why it's even more important now for, for Sunderland to deliver because of the circumstances we find ourselves in globally it would be really it would be a, a massive lift to the people of Wayside for, for Sunderland to win a trophy even if it's just the um, just the Papa John's Trophy or the Pizza Cup, as we lovingly like to call it. <laughs> and uh, Mark, just final word from you on on the final and some of the chances. Yeah, I mean, you're there now. You want to win it, don't you? You know, I think the Papa John's Trophy is one of those where you either want to go out in the group stage or, or get all the way. You know, I, I think there's no 
there's no middle ground with it. Sunderland are in the final. It's a, yeah, it's not the most glamorous cup competition, but it's a cup to be won, medals to be had, prize money to be had, which isn't to be sniffed at at the moment with, you know, clubs not having fans in the ground. It's £100,000 to the winner, which isn't a huge sum by any means, but nor is it anything to be sniffed at at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, well, why wouldn't you go for it? They've got a couple of tough games either side, it must be said, in the league, and that will remain the priority. But I think you ask any Sunderland fan and you want to win at Wembley, of course you do. Good stuff. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, James. Thanks for your time. Um, thanks for your efforts last night. I hope everybody enjoyed our coverage. Um, if you do value what we do here at the Sun and Echo, then please um, do consider a subscription to our football package. Um, you can get 12 months worth of um, coverage to all of our football content for less than £1 a week. Uh, if you just head to the sunandeco.com website for details on that, um, we'll have further updates from Lee Johnson's press conference on our website over the next couple of days ahead of the game against Burton Albion. And, of course, we'll have the very latest on the takeover, which, as I say, seems to be edging ever nearer with the news this afternoon that the FPP Southern Loan has been repaid. Hugely significant landmark. And, um, yeah, we'll have all the latest analysis on that on our website. And thank you for listening to this week's Raw, and we'll be back next week.